New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. Today's podcast has been proudly brought to you by Tradey Web Guys. Tradey Web Guys work with tradespeople only on their websites and marketing solutions to help them stand out from their competition. Everything from web design through to SEO, search engine marketing, content creation, you name it, guys. It is a customized solution for trade-based organizations, and it's fantastic. Head across to tradywebguys.com.au forward slash apply, fill in the form, and let's have a conversation. Giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Tony, welcome to the Sightshed Podcast. Thanks, Matt. It's cool to hang out today, mate. Been looking for talking. Mate, it's great to connect on the show. I've, I've been meaning to reach out for a long time and through a few different angles, I finally got pushed to connect and here we are. Happy days. <laughs> so no, you're, over, you're over in NZ, right? I am in NZ. Yep. Lovely. So, uh, little old Hamilton, NZ. Beautiful. How's things going over there? Real good, man. It's, it's doing good. We're uh, in our little bubble here. Sure. Well, yeah. We're much the same here. That's right. We can sort of travel to Australia, but not many other places. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at planning a ski trip, actually, in the next couple of weeks. I hope that I can get over there. Are you, are you really going? Where are you going? We'll go, I'll go probably Queenstown or Wanaka. Yeah, it's hard to beat. Yeah, I love Wanaka. Wanaka is my favourite place on the planet. Yeah, so good. I'm a big, big uh, treble cone fan, so I yeah. try and get over there as much as I can. Yeah, super good. So you're based in NZ, but you guys operate all over the place. I know you've yep. got operations in the US and Oz, obviously, and um, you're from... Yeah, in Canada, yeah. Your, your yep. business is ProfitableTradey.com. <clears throat> do you want to give us a bit of an intro and a bit of a spiel as to who you are, what you do, how you got there? Yeah, yeah. So Profitable Tradey. So effectively, we're, we're you know, business coaches. We help uh, trade business owners, plumbers, electricians, painters, glazers, tileers, uh, landscapers, that kind of thing, uh, you know, improve their business, make it more successful, both from a, a money perspective and probably more importantly, from a, a time and an enjoyment uh, perspective. So we've been... Been doing it for over eleven years now, and um, yeah, man, it's it's cool fun. So it's it's about a whole bunch of stuff, I guess. Is the basic thing is helping great uh, tradespeople, craftsmen, uh, become great business owners. Cool. And I think that's uh, you know, you get you, you learn how to do the the technical stuff, do the actual uh, the trade work, but probably not a lot of training goes on at um, at tech or TAFE or doing an apprenticeship when you you know about how to run a business. So that's sort of that's where that's where we fit in. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's the reason why we I launched the site shed back in the day. It was just so we can get people like yourselves on the show to to steer people in the right direction with that. Because I mean, I'm, I'm formerly a plumber myself, and I know that was certainly the case with us. You go through and finish your apprenticeship, and then you're like, "All right, go start a business," and you're like, "What? Which part of the apprenticeship did we? Where did we learn that?" <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I reckon. Um, well, what I've noticed, I guess, over the years is that you know, people who own plumbing businesses, electrical businesses, and all that sort of stuff. 
Actually, we're really hardworking people and work hard, good at solving problems. But often, I think there's a tendency to just work hard and, and you'll think everything will come right, which, well, generally it doesn't. You've actually got to do a little bit of different stuff, learn some different stuff. And sure. that's what we're excited about, mate. That's our, that's our reason for being so. Yeah, that's right. And I think realistically, we're, we're kind of preaching to the choir here, to be fair. Like we've, you know, got people that are listening or watching this wherever they are around the world in that space where they're looking for information and they're, for the better part, looking to implement, which is the key. So 100%. I know the guys out there, credit to you guys for taking this stuff on board. And today we're diving into one part of a little three-part series that we're putting together around team building, staff, retention, that kind of thing. This is but one one, I won't say smaller, but but one area of um, you know a much bigger picture when it comes to business building, and and probably one of the most the one of the more significant ones when we're talking and having that discussion around building a business that can scale and um, essentially remove you from various areas of business. Yeah, and I mean it's pretty difficult to scale without a great team. Sure. So, and I, I think it's an area that actually pretty stressful for a lot of people. Mm. quite confronting like it's a couple of areas that are hard asking for money's hard <laughs> yeah and uh yeah, dealing with team members and and um, not being able to find the right people and stuff is uh yeah, pretty tough at times so hopefully we can we can help with that a bit today through the discussion we're going to have so we've done quite a few podcasts over the years on on staff team building and that yeah. kind of thing but in, in this series we've we're touching on things that we have not ever covered so for you listeners and viewers out there don't tune out because um in today's episode we're going to be talking about how to forecast your team building um something that i've learned um as being paramount over the over the recent six months or so yeah um in the second episode we're going to be talking about how to make your staff happy and building a culture of you know staff that just love coming to work and we're going to be talking about a um something called net promoter score or nps which is um again something that i've been tweaking with internally in our own business lately so i'm pretty keen to um, selfishly learn what you have to say on this one <laughs> and then the um in the last episode we're going to be talking about being that you know building a business that people really want to work for and work with you know being that employer of choice and how to how to build that attraction model into your uh, into your organization yeah man it's good stuff it's um game changer when you get it right sure well we may as well jump into oh actually i should qualify before we jump in you do have a you've just recently uh, written a book haven't you so um what was we that have. yep what, what's the book called the book's called the profitable trading nice uh, is that- and set, yeah, seven steps for trade business owners to earn more by, by working a lot less so cool um yeah, it's, it's a sort of a combination of the last 11 years of, of thinking uh, and um, got a bunch of examples of how you know, different business owners have actually made some meaningful change in their business as well, actually putting things in place. Because that's the key, we can talk about stuff and I know we're all really busy, but actually it's uh, it's implementa- you know, implementation that really counts. So sure. some good, good uh, case studies in there as well. So. Um, and, and we can, listeners can get that on Amazon? Uh, they can't. Well, actually, I'll, I'll, I've got a... Um, a link especially for for the listeners so oh cool okay that may be in the in the episode notes or something Perfect. like that yep sounds yep. like a plan yeah Great. yeah so so if you guys so so if you guys want to get hold of that um we, we won't read it out so so you crash your car but um head across to the show notes and you can get it and i'll i'll um i'll post that link in the uh facebook community when it comes up yep sounds good Rock and roll. All right. Well, let's jump in because uh, this first episode where we're talking about forecasting. I, mean, I think a lot of the listeners and viewers out there are familiar with forecasting, but perhaps not so much on the front line of uh, HR. So um, I'm keen to sort of see how this plays out. I know you know a lot of guys are familiar with obviously financial forecasting and um, you know things like that. But then when it comes to uh, actually team building and 
you know, how to how to deliver on some of these goals they're setting that often yeah. falls at the falls at the wayside. So I guess this is like quite a strategic conversation, correct? Yeah, I, I think this is probably the kickoff point because uh, hiring or building your team, and when I say building your team, I don't mean like team building activities. I mean getting enough people, sure, uh, you know, on the factory floor because so, your your tradespeople, your technicians are your factory. Yep. And if you want to grow your business, you need a bigger factory. There's only a certain amount of work each person can do. Uh, so I think the typical approach when you're, you know, your head's down, bum up working is, oh, geez, I'm a bit busy. I need to hire someone else and I'll, I'll put an ad out there or, hey, I might grab an apprentice now. Uh, and it's quite a, I call it a tactical approach. It's like a, well, we're going to solve my problem in the next two to three months. Uh, and that's all good. You know, we, we probably need to do that. But building and hiring and, and creating a great team is is so important. I think we need to take a bigger picture of that. And I like to, you know, as you said, call it a strategic view. So that really starts from figuring out where you want your business to be, uh, you know, what, what you want to achieve with your business. So it's like the high level uh, vision of, of what's important for you as a business owner and as a person, your family, you know, activities you want to do, investing you want to do, all, all that other stuff, which is what life's about. And I'm a huge believer in you know, creating a business that actually serves your life rather than uh, you just serving your business. We don't want to be a slave to the business. So sure. we start with the end in mind. What's the big picture goal for our business? And so we talk about that and then we figure out, well, what's the profit that we'd need to make to really you know, dial that in? Uh, and so we, we come up with a number. And uh, you know, it's, it's, I know for a lot of people, it's really tough to start doing this stuff. It feels a bit awkward and it's not a muscle that's been exercised maybe a lot, but I guess you know people are listening to this podcast probably more of that mind already, which is cool. So you might you know, decide that you, you want to make $500,000 in, in profit and that's going to give you the lifestyle that you want. So that's the, the starting point. Figure that out. And then we, we work backwards from there to understand how much revenue would actually need to do as a business. So if you know your end goal is $500,000, you, you'd add your overheads of running your business to that. And then you'd work out, you know, what's your gross your gross margin? Let's say it's 40%. And that'll give you a, an annual uh, revenue target. And so you've, you know, you've taken your, your vision, turned it into a profit, turned it into an annual revenue target. And then you just divide that by 12 to get a monthly uh, revenue target. And so, you know, you might be doing, let's say, I don't know, $100, $150,000 or $100,000 in revenue now. And your profit goal means you need to do $200,000 in revenue. Well, that's great. So we know the revenue and then we can break that down into, into team. And so we just use some, some metrics and they're, like, they're, they're a rule of thumb and it might vary for different, uh, different businesses for sure. But I, I work on a rough rule of thumb of $25,000 worth of revenue per tradesperson or technician. And per so, month. Yeah, per month. Yeah. Per month. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, sometimes it can be a bit more. Uh, sometimes it can be a bit less. Sometimes you've got, you know, you may have an apprentice, first, second year, third year apprentice who's going to do a bit less. Yeah. You've got a, a crash shot tradesperson who might do thirty or thirty-five thousand, and it will vary depending on the type of work you do, of course. But let's say it was two hundred thousand revenue per month, and we've got twenty-five thousand dollars per person. So we just do some simple maths. We need eight yeah. eight units, uh, and that that's a pretty easy way of forecasting the workforce that we need. So now we know we need eight. At the moment, we've got four. Let's say. And we want to achieve this revenue, uh, this this vision in the next three years. So, really simply, we need to add four people to our to our operation over the next three years. I suppose, I suppose, in in reality, though, like adding an extra four, you know, technicians to the team 
um i mean at a glance that makes sense but then you know there's also the administrative side of the business which might need to grow you might need to bring on a dispatch manager you might need to bring on an office team office staff so how do you incorporate that into the bigger picture that's a that's a brilliant question Um, thank you thank you very much yeah 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 well (laughs) happy days Uh, again there's some some multipliers that that we've found are really helpful to do this so uh, for example we, we, we reckon that um, you know, for supervisor position, operations manager, um, you'd probably divide the number of tradespeople by seven, six or seven. So that's the sort of span of control. So now you've got eight. In that example, you've got eight people. Uh, so you're definitely going to need an operations manager yeah. full time. Sure. Uh, so, 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 that's, so now you've got eight people, one operations manager. And I think office staff will vary. So that's, you know, might be office manager, reception, customer <laughs> service rep. It could be a marketing person, could be an estimator. And the rough metrics that we use are four. So number of tradespeople divided by four. Gotcha. So, so in that case, you know, we've got an operations manager and we, we probably need two, two people, an admin person, uh, and maybe the general manager would be in the office. So it's not hard and fast, but, but what it says is $200,000 worth of revenue. We need eight people in the field. And look, honestly, Matt, it may be five tradespeople and and four apprentices so it's a it's a yep. rough guide and then we're going to need a, a supervisor and we probably need an office person and someone else you know in the back office to make this whole thing fly so does that does that 25k an average per month include like include those office administration overheads no that's just the revenue that the tradesperson or the tech would would produce yeah, I know, but like when we're forecasting and we're saying, okay, well, you know, if we're going to be bringing in, you know, if we need to put eight techs on, it's going to be bringing in this much extra revenue. Is that going to cover the, the overheads for? Yeah, that, that's factored in, and we sort of we factored okay. it in at the start, I guess, when we we've worked out what the um, what the profit is. Sure. And we add the, the overheads in there, and so that will. If you work backwards, and I don't want to get too much into the accounting, but if you yeah. if you get a PL and you flip it upside down, so instead of to LMP, yeah, LMP, you can do that. There's actually a, a soft drink, a soda drink in New Zealand called LMP. Um, so there you go. Um, you slip a bit of uh, some spirits with it; it's all good. It keeps you going. Do you so, know yeah, yeah. So you would you'd start with your profit at the top instead of the sales or revenue at the top. Add the overheads. That gives you the gross profit you need to make. Divide that by your gross margins. Then you've got your revenue. Do you, I know in the past, well, over the recent years through speaking with the likes of um, Al Levy and um, Danny Kerr and these these guys that um, have basically taught us the power of organisational charts and not even, I mean, having like a a current organisational chart, chart, but then also having a organisational chart to chum. (laughs) And that's been massive for us because we've been really able to, like from a forecasting point of view, we've been able to really see what positions need to be put into what places in order for for that to become a reality. 100%. So the next step of this process is we know the numbers now and we basically turn that into an organisational chart for the future. And I think sometimes people get really hung up on, well, you know, what happens if I don't quite get this person or don't quite get that, that person? Well, that, to me, is not quite as important as forecasting it out and actually seeing how it looks because it might change as you go along as well. And that's all. That's cool. The whole point of this exercise is to say, you know, here's my structure now. And this is how many people I've got now. This is how it, it could look in the future based on some, some metrics that make some sense. Yeah, this is the gap, and hey, I've got some work to do, and this work is actually really important. And I understand how big the gap is, and I'm going to actually turn my attention to actually doing it now, rather than just worrying about all the projects of you know we've got to finish uh, all the clients who are giving us problems or whatever. 
Sure. Because I think the key thing that, that I find the winners are really across is they, they've made that switch between thinking about doing the work to their, their, their work as a leader being to build their team. Yeah. And then it's the team's job to actually build the business and do the work. Yeah. And, right. and that's, to me, is like the, the key fundamental mindset shift. And if you, if you map it out, it really helps you see that. We've also recently, um, and it's probably more more at a management level, but I've tried to empower the team to grow their departments. And it's been so, you know, I'm equipping them with all of the tools they need in order to recruit and in order to hire, in order to onboard team members and do all that kind of stuff. And they're kind of doing it themselves. So we sort of say, well, at this point, you're going to need a new team member. And we're going through this right now. So they're the actual the developers are actually out there like recruiting for team members and I haven't got to, I've, I haven't really got to do anything it's great fantastic yeah so I think that's quite good when you can empower them to do those kind of things the reality as well is and until like myself like and until I brought them into that position I was doing a lot of their roles and the same thing for them I'm like well, you guys are flat out and you can't keep up and you can't take holidays because you know, you haven't got anyone helping you. So <laughs> where do you need help? Build it out. Let's bring them in. And then, you know. So and I think this is this is another really important point is, you know, if, if most of us look in the mirror and think about our businesses, we hire too late. Sure. We leave it too long and actually growing a business and even training and inducting new people and getting up to speed, it actually takes a bit of effort. And so it's, uh, it's way harder to find good team members than it is to find good clients in my book. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the reality is, like you say, the the problem, and I know definitely from from my experience is, I mean, even though I thought I I had the hiring a good hiring process, I didn't. And there was always room for improvement, and I was just hiring too fast, not making the right put, not putting the early work in, you know, to yep. make sure you're going through the process properly. That whole mantra around hire hire slow, fire fast like kind fast, of thing. Yeah. You know, I was just yeah. hiring fast and firing fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and look. Uh, it's not really the topic for today, but like it's a massive, massive thing. The actual process of hiring and what are the steps? And you know, with with the members of our, our million dollar trading program, we have a, an eleven step hiring process, right. and each step is scripted out. This is this is how you run the telephone interview to you know for, for ten minutes to make sure you're not going to waste an hour interviewing someone who's hopeless. This is how you run the face to face interview. This is how you do the reference check. Uh, and I, I think. If you own a business and you put a lot of effort into building a process for yourself here, that might be the most important work you do because that's how you multiply yourself. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. And that process, certainly, like having that process documented has now enabled me to palm that off to to somebody else and let them just do it. So once you document these things, it sort of frees you up from one other thing. Yeah, and Um, this is the cool thing. And we we have people who, you know, maybe their their operations manager uh, now does the hiring of the tradespeople or the techs. Sure. And the owner doesn't have to do that anymore because it's systemized and they can have confidence actually done, you know, the same way each time. So going back to, I suppose, um, overview, I mean, essentially we've got, when, we, when we're talking about forecasting, we start with the, the end goal and we take that end goal, we break it down to digestible, you know, monthly outcomes. Yep, monthly revenue. Revenue. And then from there, we go and apply that to an org chart and see what pieces need to be put in place in order to achieve that revenue. Yep. And then we look at the difference. Hey, we need four extra team members or we need 10. That's great. And we know we're going to need an operations person or another foreman. And we know we're, we're going to be putting an estimator, quantity server on board, and we're going to need a, a BDM or a salesperson. Fine. Great. Put that chart up here. You've got your existing one here. What's the difference? And it actually puts the asset on you as a business owner to actually do something about it because it's top of mind. It's actually, you know, something that's visible is, can become real. Sure. Uh, I think, and that's the essence of planning. Uh, and then, so, 
Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, Matt, Karen. I was just going to say the uh, the obvious or maybe not obvious question then off the back of that would be, well, okay, now we need to employ a business development slash sales person. We need to employ four technicians. We need to employ an office staff member. Who do we employ first? <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> and, and it will, yeah, yeah. Hey, it depends, right? Sure. No, no. I think, Tell I us. Think, We're all yeah. going to hold you accountable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it really does depend on where you're at. But my experience is that most people wait too long to get some supervisory uh, team members right. in terms of you know, when you're going from that kind of small four or five, you wanting to grow through there. That's If you can't get yourself out of dealing with every job each day, it's incredibly difficult to grow and you'll find a massive amount of freedom comes there. So that's the first level. And that's... It's tricky though, isn't it? Because you like a lot of these roles... Like you look at a technician, they're out there making money and you look at someone that manages the technicians, they don't really make money. They just, I mean, they do, but indirectly, you know what I mean? Like, so like from a cash flow perspective. Spoken like a true uh, technician. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I think that's true. All you do is drink coffee, mate. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you're just mucking around. What are you doing? Like pies and feet up all day. Um, my experience is um, is that once you get to a certain point and you've got, you know, you, you're juggling lots of balls, lots of jobs, people all over the show, materials, uh, clients ringing. Uh, and if you're, as the owner, doing that and then you're also trying to price work and build some right. relationships, you start dropping balls. And if you're really m- monitoring your margins closely, you'll find you you get a lot of erosion in your margins because of disorganisation. Sure. Uh, or you miss work because you just you physically can't price it. Uh, yep. So we often find that the the profitability, the margin improves when you get some more organisation in, in the in the back office because it's just more organised. And you know, the, obviously, labour's the killer. It's you know you've got to buy materials. It's you got to do something pretty drastically wrong to to mess up the material side of things. Apart from like death. a global pandemic, yeah, like a global pandemic, and you can't get the stuff right. It's stuck somewhere in the middle of an ocean. <laughs> Well, you haven't uh, got a disclaimer in your contract, which says it's subject to subject to price pandemic. rises. That's yeah. right, yeah. Um, but it's it's when when an hour or two gets lost here or there, and that happens every day. That's what really you know erodes your your margins. Mm. So often you can actually you make that money back of the of that person you're employing. So um, through improvements in your in your in your efficiencies, and maybe that hundred percent. You know, the half time uh, in the field and half time in the office initially. So yeah. Thing is, business will never grow unless you do that. Sure. I mean, that's one of the things I suppose that's good about having the, the organizational chart. You know, it really gives you an understanding of what those roles and responsibilities are so that you can build processes around them and hand them off to team members and they actually know what they're doing. <laughs> so that's def- definitely streamlined. The next thing is you get to another level and it might be, um, yeah, we typically say it's around 1.5 to 2 million. You know, if you, if you, well, between one and two anyway, if you don't have someone to do pricing, your business can't really. Yeah. Growth there, or if you haven't developed some really killer pricing systems, whether that's unit pricing or fixed pricing, or a set of good pricing templates, it's very difficult to grow past there. So then you need an estimator to actually you know, punch through the next level. And then you'll need a, a, at a at the two million to go above that. You, you need a marketing person to really drive the leads because you, you know you become a hungry beast then. So it depends on on which level you're at. I suppose the good thing is a lot of those a lot of those roles and responsibilities that do fall within an organisational chart. Even for the forecast, a lot of that can be replaced by technology. A lot of it can be outsourced. Yeah, um, there's so it's kind of there's options. There's options, yeah, for sure. And and some of them you you might want to grow internally. You know that might provide the bright yeah, sure. future or the career path. The career path, yeah. 
for some of your, you know, your your existing team members. We've got a lot of lot of people who've taken a really motivated uh, tradesperson and turned them into an estimator, someone who's good with technology and kind of geeks out on spreadsheets and stuff. You know, they're like a duck to water. Yeah, exactly right. And that's probably the. I mean, I know we've used that in our recruitment process. Like we've looked at the organisational chart and we said, listen, this is what we're filling the role right here but this is the role that we would like you to be in in 12 months provided these KPIs and it gives people an understanding of what that where their career path is heading, you know, and they can kind of say, oh, there's, it's potentially going to be more than this, you know. Yeah, and that's huge, right? We'll probably maybe talk about that in the rest of the series, that brightness sure. of future is um, sure is enormous for, for good people, right? They, they love to know where they can head. Let's wrap this one up. Um, we're going to come back in episode two. We're going to talk about um, how to use the internal net promoter score. So this is something that, as I mentioned earlier, is kind of new on the radar for our, for our business, but we're looking at actually helping, um, like putting some software in place through automation, which can um, we can roll out for businesses to help them sort of do these things. Again, it's one of those things that may potentially look a bit, little bit rainbows and unicorns, but it becomes super relevant. <laughs> and to- and, and that, I think that's the key thing, Matt. Just as we sort of wrap it up, is um, you know if we want to be great at employing and building team, we're going to have to do some different stuff. Sure, if we just do what everyone else does. We'll get the same results they do, and that's obviously not what we want. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, You'll get sent a weekly notification, which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week, along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades. If you're enjoying the show, you can head across to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud where you can leave us a review. Uh, That would be fantastic, and all the reviews get read out in the show. Uh, Likewise, if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the the episodes that we create, then please go ahead and share it with them. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.